Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Genesis of Startups, where we interview brilliant minds in entrepreneurship to explore what it's really like to start a business. Today, it is an honor to have Michelle Carter, an innovation specialist and entrepreneur, from facilitating accelerator programs for the CSIRO, Australia's peak science body, to running innovation boot camps with government, defense, and universities. Michelle spent the last half decade working in innovation strategy before finding her own startup, Zendo, a mentoring platform established to help the work in progress adults throughout their career and personal journey. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you're currently doing? Yeah, for sure. So I am an Australian who's currently living in Amsterdam. And before I tell you a bit about what I'm doing right now, maybe I can start off with where I studied and then how I've built my career path so far, because my journey has been a little bit different, a little bit unique. So I actually started studying in the University of Sydney, and I studied a Bachelor of Medical Science. And the aim there was to actually go off and become a doctor one day. But I decided I didn't want to do that. And instead, I, when I finished my bachelor's, I went off and worked in hospitality, enjoyed myself for a little bit. And then I said, okay, no, I've, I've got to go back and actually study something else. And so I went back and I started studying a master of commerce and I majored in strategy and innovation. And that's where I started really finding this passion and this niche for, for entrepreneurship. I thought it was so cool, so interesting what some people were doing out there. And then whilst I was studying my master's, I actually started working in a hospital and it was the Chris O'Brien Lifehouse, the oncology hospital, which is right next to the University of Sydney. And then from there, I actually started volunteering overseas. So I went to India and I was volunteering in the uh, villages outside of Bangalore. And then I did some volunteering in Hanoi, Vietnam. And there I was helping a not-for-profit on their growth strategy and their innovation plan. And then when I came back to Australia, I actually, as you said, got a role with the CSIRO, which is the Australian Government Science and Research Agency. And when I was working at the CSIRO, it was within innovation. And here I would run accelerator programs for scientists and researchers. And the main idea here was to really help them to scale up their ideas because scientists and researchers have the coolest ideas out there but there just wasn't the support or resources to help them commercialize it. So to get it into the customer's hands, to actually create impact in the community. So that was a lot of fun and I loved my time there. But then I decided I wanted to change it a little bit and I started working for a consulting industry or working in the consulting industry. And I worked for KPMG in innovation and technology. And whilst I was there, I was helping a range of clients, like you mentioned as well, you know, in in the university sector, for defense, for mining, oil and gas. And it was all about designing and implementing new innovation strategies and helping to change their innovation culture. So that was really cool, really interesting. And then last year, 2019, I decided I wanted to mix things up and I made the decision that I wanted to move overseas, get some international experience and live that European lifestyle. And I decided Amsterdam was the city for me. And then I relocated in September, 2019. And Moving over was one of the best things I've done. I love Amsterdam. I didn't realize how rainy it can be here. So I (laughs) I bought my first raincoat, rain pants, and waterproof backpack. So I am prepared for weather here. (laughs) But it seems like being there. It absolutely is. I highly recommend getting very, very good raincoat. 
But moving over, it's been amazing because I've taken all my knowledge and my experience in innovation so far and actually applied it to what I'm doing here. So now I work for a consulting firm in customer and brand advisory, and everything I've done in the past in innovation is still very much applicable, and all of it is very transferable. And especially since COVID has hit in the past kind of couple of months, four or five months, you have a lot of time to yourself, you have a lot of time to think. And that's when I decided I really wanted to get this mentoring platform Zendo up and running because that was something I tried to do a few years back in, in Sydney, came across a couple of obstacles. But now being here in Amsterdam, it's it was the right time to launch it. And that's kind of the, the next thing I'm looking at, which is really exciting. Well, I mean, that is clearly such a um, non-linear sort of pathway because you, <laughs> it seems like you've been in almost every single industry that exists out there, you know, healthcare, innovation, entrepreneurship, hospitality, charity. I mean, what made you jump in between so many different industries? And what was your decision process when, say, you're at the cusp of launching into healthcare? What made you mm. think, okay, I want to do that now? Yeah, I kind of go through my career path and I want to share it because it is so random. And I wanted to explain that because I don't feel like a career path is just one trajectory. And you're sold on this idea when you're young that what's that career path you choose and you should stick to it. And for me, it's just not, that's not reality. I have changed jobs. I've changed industry. I've struggled along the way. And for me, I think I've just been very much keen to learn and try something different. And so when I studied medical science, you know, I, I was thinking I'd be a doctor since I was in high school. So I really did try that. You know, I went and worked at a hospital, tried to get some exposure, see what I could do there. But when I realized I didn't want to go back and study medicine for five years, <laughs> I said, you know what, why, why not try something different? And so I spoke to my sisters. They studied in commerce and it sounded very interesting. It was very, very broad. And then I decided, well, I'm going to try and uh, work in a, in a more corporate setting. And that first step for me was in the sciences at the CSIRO. And I think along the way, you just learn these, these cool lessons. You meet really cool people. You learn their stories and you go, yeah, you know, maybe I'll try that. Like, it sounds really interesting. And so that's kind of what's prompted me to, to keep figuring out what my right career path is and, and navigate my way. Yeah, definitely. So it's just really been, I want to try it. And if I like it, then I like it. Yeah. And I think I've not been so set in something, you know, I've, I've never gone into a specific role and gone, right, this is, this is it for me for the rest of my life. This is my career path. For example, in my family, my dad's been a dental surgeon for the past 50 years. So it's wow. a very different mindset. And I think I've been very open to trying new things, building new skills, learning from different industries, because things are rapidly changing around us. Look at COVID. I mean, people's jobs have had to change. My close friends have had to change jobs completely and go into new industries because they've been redundant. So I think this is really a time to teach us that we have to be more adaptive. We have to be more agile. And it is totally okay to change a type of job you're in and to look at something completely different. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. What inspired you to create Zendo? Yeah, so Zendo is, I created this platform out of my own personal frustrations and everything I've just shared with you now pretty much feeds into this story. Yeah. So throughout my career, as you have already been able to see, I've struggled to kind of choose which career path I want to be on, what I want to do, what I'm doing in my uh, professional adult life. and. I really struggled to make some decisions in my past. And I thought I'd reach out to mentors because I always heard, you know, you've got you to reach out to mentors. They can help you. 
I ran a mentoring program at CSIRO, so I, I could see the real benefits in finding a mentor. But then finding a mentor who can help you with your career is really, really hard. It's also really awkward. I would go to these networking events. You know, this is very early in my professional career. I would go to networking events and I would try and find someone who could be my mentor. And so you'd put on your suit, you'd take your business cards, you'd go and network and handshake and, you know, have these awkward encounters. (laughs) And then when I asked someone to be my mentor, of course, I didn't do it face to face. Can you imagine? It'd be very strange. (laughs) Hey, I really like you. I like your story. Want to be my mentor? People would just freak out. (laughs) So so I, instead I went on LinkedIn and I followed them up on LinkedIn (laughs) in a really subtle way. And I said, Hey, you know, I'd love if we could catch up for coffee. I'm looking for mentorship. And then I was lucky enough that two women actually came back to me and said, yes, I'm happy to catch up for coffee. And then had a chat, you know, they gave me some good advice. And I thought, great, you know, here's a real mentoring relationship. I'm going to, I'm going to keep in touch and we can keep chatting over the next couple of months. And then I went back to both of them and they never got back to me. Mm. They never replied. They completely just cut me off probably because they have their own lives, but it was really soul destroying because I had my hopes up. I thought this is amazing. I found this mentor who can help me and it just didn't work out. And I looked at other mentoring programs out there and a lot of them are tailored towards helping people building their own business, building their own startup, which is amazing. But I saw that there was this gap in the market that, hey, there's no real platform to help the work in progress at all, which is essentially how I identified myself. So I wanted to create this platform and I wanted to make it easier for people out there who've been through a similar journey to me to connect with mentors to help them on their career and their personal journey. So if you have issues figuring out what are you doing with your career, what path should you take, you know, what industry is is the best industry to go into or what's your passion, you kind of have questions like that, then then Zendo is the mentoring platform for you because we really are about helping to empower the work in progress adult to help them make their decisions, to help them navigate their journey because that's not easy. It's really, really hard. So that's where it, it came from. And that's kind of the reasoning behind it. It's my own personal journey. I know so many friends and family that have been through the same thing. And I want to just open up the community because there is so much untapped potential out there. And there are so many people I know that can really provide amazing feedback, amazing advice because they've been through it themselves. Definitely. Tell me more about how this kind of process or kind of selection process will go because as you mentioned you know throughout your your stories that I 100% agree with you that the the process to find a mentor is is quite clunky and primitive and at all times awkward and I love the analogy when you talked about how you know you go into these networking events you put on your suit and everything and then suddenly it's just you know <laughs> there are so many unspoken rules that that need mm. to be observed that it just makes it so difficult like look I just want to find someone who can give me the advice you know like exactly. stop. but it's just become such a an unseen world that you needed to do a certain way and you know, yeah. even then sometimes it might not work out because for you you followed up but then they didn't come back to to you anyway So yeah, tell me more about how it'll, you know, work to solve this. Yeah. So for Zendo, it's about bringing these people, these mentors onto this platform that want to give back to people who are, who have gone through this type of journey. And the mentors we select are people who have been through very similar experiences. So they understand what it's like. 
they themselves also have very interesting career paths. So they're, your, they're not your textbook, you know, I graduated, I got into a job and I've stayed in that job. These are people who have gone off to become entrepreneurs. They've made complete career changes. I have a mentor on there who is made redundant. The next day they started a job. So brand new job, next day made redundant. But, you know, these mentors have been through really big challenges themselves and that's why they are so unique because they can help these people navigate their own personal journeys by sharing some of their own experiences, by sharing the insights that they've made along the way. And so with these mentors, it's about connecting them with the mentees. So if you're interested in in finding mentors who can help you navigate your own uh, career and personal journey, you just jump onto the platform and then you can actually see which mentors are part of the Zendo community. And you can see a little bit about them, their bio, and also what their kind of niche is, you know, where can they really help you? Is it about making a drastic career change? Or is it just about, for example, moving overseas and trying to break into the international market? It's quite varied. So you can select which mentor you want to connect with, and then you can just reach out to them. Well, we'll connect you, but then you reach out to them, you have that meeting with them. And there's no long-term commitment. You can just have a catch up with them if you want, you can learn from them. And then if you feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm really keen on this, I want to pursue this relationship, you can start doing that with a Zendo mentor because part of this uh, Zendo mentoring community means they kind of learn about what it means to be a mentor. You know, what are the expectations of being a mentor and what are the expectations mentees might have of you? Because I want to remove that awkward networking experience where you have to be like, oh, I'd love it if you could be my mentor. But you know, in this environment, it's safe to do that. That's why we've set up this community. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, after having started your own business for the last few months, Michelle, what would your biggest advice be for aspiring entrepreneurs? Okay, so I've got three things. (laughs) So I think the first one is be selective in the feedback you receive. Hmm. Because as soon as you start telling your friends and family, I've got this idea, I'm going to do this, da-da-da, Every single person will have feedback and every single person has an opinion. And you cannot cannot let that bog you down. I mean, it's great to see they're passionate and they want to support you, but you need to be selective because otherwise you are taking in feedback from so many different sources. And before you know it, you've been sitting at your laptop, thinking about this feedback, trying to develop your idea, but, oh, this person said this, this person said this. Sometimes you need to block it out. What you need to make sure you can do is understand the problem that you were trying to solve, understand your solution, make sure you've validated that solution, and then any feedback you receive, make sure it's from feedback from people who actually understand what you're doing. Because, mm. you know, three, four years ago when I tried to do this, I was, you know, so open with everyone. I still am very open with everyone, but I'm probably a little bit more harsh in, in who I take on board feedback from. But three to four years ago, I received feedback from some friends. They completely challenged me on what I was doing and I felt so defeated Mm. and it completely stopped me in my tracks. And I think now I can look back on it in hindsight, they didn't really understand what I was trying to achieve. And that could have been my own fault because I didn't communicate it correctly. But now it's been a couple of years. I've had life experiences. I know what my true values are. I'm now doing the same thing that I was going to do three or four years ago. So there wasn't yeah. a, a real big shift. So I think overall it's don't listen to everyone because you will just not get anywhere. So that's that's probably number one. 
My second advice would be you need to back yourself. So you need to have confidence in yourself. Don't doubt yourself. Don't, if you think, oh, no one's going to like it, no one's going to click on it, I'm going to get a bad reputation, who cares? Like at least you're going out there and trying because I bet you so many other people you know will never, ever even try. They will just talk yeah. about it and they won't do it. So back yourself. And if you fail, awesome. I mean, that is great. You've, you've learned something, you've gone and done it, and that's most or more than what people will ever do. And I say that, but I, I also do struggle to back myself at times because I'm quite an analytical and critical thinker, but I really do believe it. And I try to remind myself that as well. Absolutely. And then finally, you need to prioritize action. This is probably my most important one because I did not prioritize action several years ago. I would sit there. I would write out my idea. I would think about it. I would talk to my friends and family, and then I just wouldn't go out and try and do something. And when I say try and do something, I mean, go and create your prototype, go and get an MVP out there, whether it's a website, whether it's a Facebook ad, whether it's an Instagram post, or even just a survey you're putting on a community portal, that is taking action. And when you do that, you can actually see and get feedback from your genuine customers if this is something that they're going to like and if this is something that they're going to want to use. And that's something you need to prioritize because as much as you want to talk about it and plan it in the background, you need to be able to go out there and actually validate this with your customers because they are the most important people to you outside of, say, yeah, having your family and friends back you. It is most important to make sure your customers are on board with with whatever you have out there and don't wait to build something you know really shiny with all the bells and whistles you don't need to you just get something basic out there test it and then you just update and iterate as you go there's nothing wrong with doing that mm, i love that yeah i think that's probably the most important one for me <laughs> definitely and i love how your advice all seems to kind of tie together because in the first part you talked about how you need to be selective with who you get feedback from and that ties directly to part three you know why not just get the market to tell you whether what you're doing is right or wrong or even what direction you're heading is correct and then number two you need to back yourself that feeds into you know prioritizing action because if you have confidence in yourself by default you know you'd be more confident in prioritizing the actions that you're going to take yeah and, yeah completely you know just a couple of things you know when you say that you need to back yourself what does that actually mean for you because as a broad statement we can all agree that we need to have confidence in ourselves but i mean as we all know it's easier said than done when I say back yourself, because someone actually shared this advice with me and I, I was actually in a workshop about personal development. When they said that, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like I need to back myself. And for me, it really does mean you need to have confidence that what you are doing is, is the right thing and it is what you're passionate about. And you can't let other people out there kind of push you down or challenge you to a point where you don't believe in yourself anymore. And I know it is really hard to go, yeah, I'm, I'm confident. Like I really, I'm so confident myself, but I think this is, is quite important to really practice that and to really, it's like muscle movement, but in a way, constantly developing your own mental skills. So you have the confidence to go out there and go, you know what? I am doing what I want to do. I know what I'm doing is what I'm passionate about and I'm excited to get a startup and I, I'm confident I can do it. And this actually ties into why I've called the, the startup Zendo because Zendo actually means in Japanese a meditation hall. 
And you wouldn't think, oh, mentoring, meditation hall, it just doesn't really make sense. But for me, meditation has been quite fundamental to my own personal growth in the past, say, six months. I really started meditating quite frequently in January of this year. And that has been a very big driver in helping me define my own personal journey in helping to build my own uh, confidence and helping me to build my, I guess, mental health. That's why I say you need to back yourself because that's only one piece of it. You can go out there and take action. You can go and build something and test it, but you really need to build your, your confidence in yourself. And that does mean, you know, taking this time out to reflect and to look at what kind of path you're on and, and really kind of give yourself a pat on the back. I know it's hard and it's, and it's like, yeah, cool. I'll go do that. But it does take time. Definitely. I love that though. I mean, the, the two strategies that you outlined is, is highly, highly relevant in my opinion. And it can, I can see how it's not overly difficult either. You know, it's about reminding yourself that you can do it just constantly, even if you have to do it every single day. And there are some other simple strategies that you can do, such as meditating. And from there, Mm. that kind of allows you to have, I suppose, a better mindset in what you're doing. Absolutely. And meditating is one part of it, right? There's so many different things you can do to help you build your own self-confidence. It might be joining different types of groups and communities where you can go and network and get yourself out there and build your personal brand. Or it might just be having a daily journal where you get to reflect on a daily basis and think, you know what, what did I achieve today? And you know what, that was actually pretty cool that I could do that. You know, this is probably not something that many people speak about when it comes to backing yourself, but I I do believe it's really important to not only take action and prioritize your areas of work, but it's also about taking care of your your own well-being. Yeah, absolutely. So on your third recommendation, you told me how when you wanted to create Zendo, Sometimes you were quite hesitant because you were sitting down, writing down ideas and thinking about what could you do better before you actually did it. You know, what's the fine line between proper preparation and going out there and just doing it? That's a good question because I do believe before you go out and do anything, you need to know what you're doing. So I would say you need to make sure you understand what the problem is. You need to know what your solution is and how it's different. and you should fill out some kind of business model canvas, lean canvas. And I don't mean fill it out 20 times, you know, make sure you just fill it out and you understand how this business will work for you and Mm. understand who your customer is. So who is it you're going to sell to? Not who's going to benefit. That's the end user, which is still important to know, but who will pay for your product? Because that is who you're trying to sell to. And if you have a pretty good vision of that, then you should be able to go and create a prototype and start testing it in the market. So you do still need to do a little bit of prep work. And I guess in my experience, I had about three years of prep work. (laughs) (laughs) So, and because it was my personal journey, I knew exactly what I wanted to do here. So I think there is a very important phase in make sure you do some preparation, but don't sit there and continue to iterate your your canvas and your your business plan before you go and start taking action. You need to get out there, test your solution in the market, and then you can come back and go, right, now I change my business plan. Now I change my solution. Now I change how I reach out to customers because you need to iterate as you go. Otherwise, you're never going to get anything out there. And I think it's it's that prototyping stage. You know, Get your solution out there, get something out there that you can get feedback from the market, and that's going to be really vital for you and how you develop your your startup and your business idea. 
because if it changes and it pivots, that's totally cool. But you need to be able to get feedback from the market to know how you're going to change it. Yeah, definitely. I love that. What looks like detrimental planning to you? Well, aside from, you know, writing out the BMC 20 times over. (laughs) So when you say detrimental planning, you mean? Essentially, what are some examples of what it looks like when you're just planning too much and not doing enough? Yeah, I'm thinking back to what I did. (laughs) I'll tell you, it's when you have your business plan written out many times and you've got many, many notes on your customer, your solution, your future business plan idea, your long-term growth. That's cool. But then you also start, say, building all this additional collateral that maybe you don't need just yet. Maybe like information guides, user manuals. That's cool. Great that you have them. But if you haven't gone out and validated anything with your customers yet, you know, you're going to have to come back and maybe change all of that, iterate it. For me, it's, it's if you really sit there and you're just dawdling and you're just, you're really just planning and writing and planning everything out. For example, in my situation a few years ago, that's what I did. I wrote out my business plan a lot. I spoke to a lot of people. I wrote out my customer profile. I wrote out everything to do with my brand. I would log all my conversations with my networks. And then I decided I'm going to apply for a trademark. And I hadn't even launched anything. I hadn't gone out there and launched even a website. Like this is 101 do not do. So this is my prime example of detrimental planning. So I went and applied for a trademark. I went through the whole process with a lawyer and I paid a couple of thousand dollars for my trademark and I've never used my trademark ever since. So (laughs) that is, don't do that. You know, go and actually get your business in the market first. Then you can look at all that boring stuff. But don't try and have everything in place before you even launch a prototype. It's just, it's really not worth it. You've got to get out there and, and try and see what the customers think and feel about it. I think that's the most yeah. important thing. Definitely. I mean, when we boil it down to, you know, perhaps the reason why people do all of these detrimental plannings, like creating user manuals when there aren't even any customers yet, is it perhaps that we're afraid that if we finally do release a product that it'll fail? Is it perhaps just the fear of failure that's that's making us do all of this planning? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's why I did that a few years back. I was so afraid of getting negative feedback from customers and my friends and, and, and my family that I didn't launch a prototype. I didn't get a website up there. I didn't even put any advertising out there. And instead, to kind of shield myself from getting this negative feedback, I would plan and I would write things down and I would design things because none of that was going out to the public eye. And I think I created a Facebook page and I showed it to a friend. This Facebook page was rubbish. And she told me how rubbish it was because it had plenty of spelling mistakes in it. (laughs) And it destroyed me. I just thought, oh my God, like, and this is it. You got to have thick skin. Like you got to stop care. I mean, okay, first of all, I shouldn't have had spelling mistakes in there. (laughs) But you've got to have thick skin, okay? If you have something out there and people hate it, they don't like it, you know, you get bad feedback from someone, who cares? Like, unless it's your customer, of course. But you need to have this thick skin because taking this step to be an entrepreneur or taking a step to start up a business means you're taking a leap and you are making an effort to change something in the society that's going to impact someone in a benefit, uh, sorry, not in a benefit, in a positive way. So that's, that's something you're already trying to do. And that really is so courageous. And you need to, to really 
put all your energy into that. Don't be afraid of failure, of getting this negative feedback of someone kind of pushing you back down because it's you won't be able to get your product out there and you won't be able to sell it to your customers. And if you know what your vision is, you need to stick to your vision. So I would say, yeah, don't, don't do what I did a few years ago and just plan and sit behind the scenes and just hope that everything looks good when it goes out there because, yeah, it's, you'll lose time. You'll lose precious time where you could be actually testing things with your customers. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Genesis of Startups, Michelle. Thanks so much. It was incredibly valuable having you talk about just do it. I hope the audience has found it incredibly valuable. If you'd like to learn more about Michelle or about Zendo, feel free to drop us a line on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Until next time.